0: Welcome to the Poison Honey Podcast, where we discuss the bitter truths of life with raw vulnerability, honesty, and a dash of humor. I am your host, Manarak of Grey, artist and writer, author of A Tale of Her, which is the sponsor of this podcast. So if you want to support us, consider getting the book. It is a short story with poetry and artwork, all done by me. If poetry is not your thing or you just don't have the funds to get the book, consider supporting us by following us on social media or sharing this podcast with someone you think needs it or will enjoy it. So today's uh, episode is on self-doubt. Self-doubt is a mental habit that causes us to question our own uh, judgment but also our own worth. It causes uncertainty or distrust on certain facts, motives, decisions, things of that nature, and it, it just generally makes you delay a relevant action or even reject because of concerns for mistakes or missed opportunities. So our guest today is Javon Wooden. Javon is, amongst other things, he is an Army veteran, mindset coach, author, also founder of Live Not Loat. Javon overcame uh, adversary, but also PTSD, and is uh, here today to share his experiences with us. But not only share the experiences, but he wants to in- inspire everyone listening today to have more self-confidence. Without any further ado, here is the interview. Welcome, Jafon.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having me on here on your platform, sharing your space. I'm excited about this conversation that we have.
0: Same. So let's dive right into that. You have a story of vulnerability to tell us. What do you want to tell us?
1: I always say that vulnerability is strength. Like So much we hear, especially in the Black community and, and community of color, we hear how vulnerability is a weakness. Right? People can use it against you or whatever the case may be. But I actually found the opposite. And I found that through my own journey of healing. And we all know, you know, healing is an ongoing process. You don't just heal overnight. But he, I didn't know that I needed healing, truly. I didn't know trauma was a reason why I... Behaved a certain way. I didn't know it was the fact that I was cutting people off, especially my loved ones, that I couldn't get past certain things that occurred in my life. So it wasn't until 2017, after I came back from a deployment to Afghanistan, that I realized that I actually needed, I needed that one, I needed to have a support system. I needed to um, have people that I can say, hey, I'm not okay. And I needed to actually share that with them, what was going on, because I couldn't deal with it myself. So that's what I want to share with people. Like, You have to realize like, it's okay saying you're not okay. And it's okay getting help. It's okay having a support system. You don't have to be superhuman because even Superman had a kryptonite, right? Right, so, yes. You know, that's just symbolic of how it is for humans, for all of us, right? It's, it's really key. If you really want to achieve something in life or if you want to hit a certain goal, if you just want to have a healthy, well-living life, It's really key to be vulnerable.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about like what traumas were you uh, dealing with?
1: Sure. So I had trauma from when I was younger, Um, you know, growing up in Rochester, New York, you know, growing up in the hood. Of course, you have those everyday traumas that we don't even know are traumas because it's just normal. We become ties to that. But then also had the traumas of, you know, being in the military when I was my last deployment that I mentioned. There was a suicide bomber who detonated and he killed a few uh, soldiers and of course, there were casualties as well because he detonated during Veterans' Day We were all lined up for a run you know so unfortunately, people lost their lives, and people's lives were changed uh, when that took place so getting over that, I was also part of a the remains cleanup team later on that evening where you literally you know you're picking up the remains of the people who were casualties so it wasn't that that really Cause something in my mind to be triggered. It was more so the fact of treating the victims the same way as the person who committed the crime. Right. So when I went back home, I was fine. Like I was good. I got home and just going through the normal transition period. But six to eight months later, like I went through this severe depression, and I kept having this reoccurring nightmare based on what happened over there, where I was going through the the remains cleanup over and over and over again every time I went to sleep. So I had to go get therapy. That was the first time I had actually gotten therapy was mm-hmm. 2017. Before that, I was just pushing through, at least that's what I, right? Because you really aren't pushing through, you're just pushing it to the back of your mind and then subconsciously, all that anger, all that pain, all that trauma is manifesting itself in different ways.
0: Yeah, He yeah.
1: um, was, you know, at the bottom of a bottle or drinking and, you know, relationships with women and all that other stuff. Right. So I had to learn all that and yeah. trauma. The therapy and going through getting my own coach really helped me in that. But going through the process of finding my help was difficult because here it is: I was taught to always be strong, never cry, you know, don't let them see you sweat, type of thing. Don't let it in know that there's an issue, whatever it is. I was taught all those things, so I had to re-go through all these things and relearn, deprogram and reprogram, as I like to put it. So that was really what sparked my my idea of not just being like a motivational speaker or something like that. I wanted to do more. So coaching really was it just found me because I wanted to make that change. And there wasn't a lot of people who looked like me when I was going through my journey of healing.
0: Right. And that some of the things also are very recognizable from my own culture, uh, from the Caribbean. And I think especially for men, it's, it's like a double down of you can't feel you, if you cry, you're like being feminine or, or like these types of, to me, silly, but they, they are, they are there in the culture and it is difficult and it does affect your life. And at what point did you decide, okay, I'm going, I am going to be a coach and help other people?
1: Yeah, so actually the, the journey started while I was in Afghanistan. So it started like twenty sixteen. You know, people always tell me like, Oh, you, you are a great motivational speaker, you get us hyped up, we want to do things like in basic training, you know, you you have a chance to like lead, you have a chance to be around all these different personalities. And that was really the first time that I experienced that that I believed something more for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Was basic training. When I seen that just because I was didn't have money didn't mean I was worthless. Right. Um That's when I realized that I have some intangibles that you just don't get, right? It comes with certain people. And one of those things was like the leadership characteristic, the compassion that I really wanted to feel while I was growing up in Rochester, but I thought I couldn't, but I thought I had to be this hard person, thought I had a person that didn't smile like that, you know, all those things. So that was really my turning point. But it wasn't until 2017 that I, I mean, 2016 that I was like, yo, I'm going to do this. And I started searching, just Googling. Like, what can I do other than motivational speaking? Because I don't necessarily want to be like trying to find contracts and speaking all over. Sometimes yeah. I want to talk one on one or have like a group session. So I found coaching and I went through like the there's an organization called ICF, which is an international coaching federation. So I looked for things that was accredited by them and that's how I found it.
0: And I, I see that you do more like in terms of uh, self-confidence and uh, self-perception. Can you give me an example of, uh, let's say a, a young man comes to you and it fits kind of like your background. And essentially what I'm asking you, if you were to be your own coach back in the day, how, how do you handle this situation of growing your self-confidence and self-perception?
1: Yeah, for sure. So first and foremost, I always like to see if people can recall the point that they lost their confidence, because if we can recall the time that we lost our confidence and we can go back and we, it's a lot of times inner child healing that needs to take place, right? There's something happened when we're youth, that's when we're most impressionable, all those things. So i ask that question first. And if they can, then one of the exercises I do is an imagination exercise where I'll have them go back to that moment in time where they're now the person they are and tell them like, it's okay. We come out. Well, we're an adult now. We're strong. Now we can do these things, this, that, and the third, right. Based on whatever the situation is, but let them know. Cause sometimes you just got to let that inner child know we're good. You know, I know you've been through some things, you know, we came out fine. So, and that's one of the exercises. Some other things is I really have them find out why, like, why are they, what are they struggle with? Like, is it a certain situation where they lack confidence? Or is it just all the time? And then I want to ask them, like, why? Why do you feel this way? What are you telling yourself? Because a lot of times it's negative self-talk. right? are telling ourselves, like, oh, I can't do this. No, I don't deserve that. Or I don't have the skills for this, whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. I really want to find out what's going internally. Because a lot of the people I work with actually look great. They're doing well from the external perspective. But when you ask them how they're feeling, They'll say, I don't want to do this job, right? I'm just doing it because my parents told me to do it, right? Or someone told me I needed to do it. So we want to find out all those things and find out what really matters to them. So we do values assessments, what matters to you. We want to do, you know, visualization exercises where we say, okay, what do you want your life to look like if it was ideal for you? You know, all those types of things are some of the work we do because you really have to build a foundation. Like when someone comes to me, they've already tried some other stuff. Right, They've already felt the the feeling of hopelessness and helplessness. And right. so when I come in, I'm like, OK, what have you tried? So I'm really about asking some certain questions that evoke those thought processes that we can go to a different avenue to realize there's not always just one option. There's usually more. We just yeah. can't because we're so close to the fight.
0: That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And I assume that this also then helps with the, the shifting of the mindset from the scarcity to abundance. For
1: sure. It's like, when you think about that shift, you know, you, you're talking about a lifetime up mm-hmm. to the point where it's coming to me, right? A lifetime of thinking in that way, right? Thinking they're not enough or thinking that success is not meant for them, right? Whatever. And a lot of times, the one question that I notice really gets people thinking is when I ask them like, what is success to you? A lot of people never really think about it. They just see something or someone's told them that success is being a millionaire. Success is, you know, having a six figure job, success is these things. But a lot of times that does not matter to them. Right. So asking that question, it gets them to really think them and get their wheels turning. And then I do an exercise called the five wise exercise. So, Usually, when someone says there's a reason, it's usually deeper than what the reason was initially. So I literally ask why, 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 until we get to the root cause. And that's when now we can start the real work, right? Now we can start working based on that. So that's what I like, some of the stuff I like to do.
0: And how has this helped you yourself? Because you yourself have been dealing with the traumas and PTSD and such things. Do you feel it's something you can completely heal from or is it something that you're learning to live with and are you applying then the methods for yourself continuously? Yeah.
1: No, that's a great question. That's a great question. I feel like healing is an, a lifelong process. right? I feel like you're never done healing. You're never done healing. You're never done learning. So for me, like going through the traumas, the PTSD, all that other stuff, it's still with me. Right. There's days literally where I have to just decide I'm going to win. Right. I'm not going to let it defeat me because I can feel it. Right. When it comes on or when I'm in a certain situation, I can feel that thing trying to overcome me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I could be sitting there talking to you right now. It can it can hit me. But right. when it does, even if it's sometimes there's there's warning signs. Like I may not feel like doing something that I usually enjoy doing or, you know, whatever the case may be. But usually it's just like a slide just comes right. And yeah. how, what I've learned to is use some of the coping mechanisms I've used, whether that's journaling or I'll like do voice notes to myself, whatever case may be, or I find like some a picture of somewhere I've gone, so then just takes me to a different space where I can be in that happy zone, right? And you right. really have to try that. You have to make your success as easy as possible, because when your life flows. He wanted to flow with who you want to be and where you want to be, not where you are now. Right. So I do things like my routine, my morning routine is all about mindset, putting me in that right space. Even if I wake up and I feel like I'm having a depressive episode, I will literally like, yo, I'm gonna win today. And I always start my day with gratitude to myself. Right. Of course, I thank God, but I'm also thanking myself. Like, thank you for doing what you needed to do to overcome whatever you've overcame. And for getting me to this point now. But listen, I'm gonna need you to do it a little bit more because today is gonna be a rough day. <laughs> like, and yeah. sometimes you gotta at least step back and not do anything. Sometimes you gotta give yourself that grace to just give yourself a rest day. Usually, if I know I need to get something done, I'm like, listen, we need to do at least one thing each day to move us to our definition of success. Not asking you to come out here. And be a world beater, you know, the first day or just this day. I'm talking about doing one thing or there's reading a book, making a post, whatever it is. I just need that one thing. And I talk to myself like that. Yes. And then you know, I do this uh, like the mindfulness exercises and all of that. And that's what really helped me move from that time where I was really struggling, really hurting and, you know, really trying to find healing and things that were actually detrimental to my health, you know. So now I can get to this point where I can enjoy a cocktail and not overdo it, right? I can enjoy going out, having a good time with friends and not finding myself waking up drunk somewhere and like, you know, some stuff what like
0: happened? That. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, How did I even get home? You know, stuff like that.
0: yes.
1: That's not fun. That's not fun.
0: <laughs> so, you know,
1: but I, I still want to be able to do those things. But it took me a while to get to the space. And when I know I'm not in that space, I just can't be, I got to remove myself from those types of situations. You just got to know yourself. It's really
0: yes. about knowing yourself, you know? And knowing yourself is very important. I think a lot of people don't really know themselves. Some people even, I think, live this life without actually knowing themselves or, or having some kind of purpose even in, in, in life. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, I hope that with these conversations I can, if I can help one person out, you know, it, it, it will be nice.
1: <laughs> and you are, it's not even helping. I know you are, right? Your platform, things like this, conversation like this, are just now starting to become something other than taboo in our communities. Just having these conversations. If one person is listening, you're doing your job, right? And then that's going to spread into more. We just really have to start planting our roots in positivity, a lot of our roots start in some trauma. They start in negative environments. So we got to realize that. Like, we're starting from a deficit. Yes. We're not starting on a level playing field. We're starting from a deficit, many of us. So as we grow and we hit that zero, we got to say, okay, we got to recognize the milestones that we've hit along the way. It's not really about hitting the goal or the outcome. It's about the journey along the, the you know, that, that we need to look at. And that's what a lot of us have to look at. Like, it's not about the goal. like. I to say I want to, you know, impact. And I do. I want to impact millions of people. Whether I do it or not is not the case. But I'm moving, which is making me better. It's making me better in every way. So that's really where we get the progress.
0: I think we we've become, I think worldwide, so obsessed with the results. Like yes. So that's, that's that's all we get said. like this person won this award this person got like a million dollar deal but we're not really shown the process what are these people actually dealing with behind the scenes what they had to go through to get there um yeah. and i find myself guilty of that sometimes to be honest like yeah. I, well, I, we all award, <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs>
1: To the point nowadays when we hear like some athletes' contracts and we're like, that's all they get? We're talking yeah. million dollars, right? Somebody says, oh, they're they just a two-year, $33 million deal. And we're like, really? That's it? That's it? Like, some people... Like,
0: yeah.
1: A <laughs> uh, million dollars in my lifetime, you know? So it's like yes. those types of things, like, we become des- desensitized to definitions of success because it's like we see all these things where we're so inundated with you know, pictures of beautiful places that people are traveling to or yacht parties and all this other stuff. And we forget what that means, right? It's like when a kid asks their, their parent for something, they don't have any idea of the cost of that, what it costs, right? And that's how we as adults are looking at life. We don't, like you said, we don't know what that person put in. And I'm not just talking about monetarily. I mean, the cost of time, the cost of energy, the cost of morals, the cost of anything. Right, that all costs. So we have to be more conscious about when we say stuff like that.
0: Yes, it's true. I think, especially, the moral part is really hidden in our culture because (laughs) some people have done things that you or or I are are not willing to do to get to that place. But that's not mentioned always as you said, it's the yacht party and we think we wanna wanna be on a yacht party, and I don't know, (laughs) in the the Caribbean or whatever, wherever they're on yacht parties nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, we wanna be on your island, on your island
1: having a yacht party, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) No one about what that means, right? Just (laughs) magically, something occurred and transpired prior to that moment that we see. And that's the whole definition of the overnight success thing, right? There's no such thing but we think all these things are just supposed to be given to us. It's the what I call the expiration versus the aspiration syndrome. Right? When you expect to get all these things, then you don't do the work, right? You don't do the work, you're not willing to put in the time and when it doesn't come you're upset. But when you aspire to have something or aspire to be something, you are going to do everything in your power to achieve that aspiration. And that's why now I tell people like expectations are dangerous. If you expect that one day you're magically going to be an overnight success, yeah. it's never going to happen. Never going to happen because you're not doing the work. You're probably out there wasting your time scrolling on your IG feed or whatever the case may be instead of doing what you need to be doing. right? And it's not, and it's, it's really not, people think it's just going to happen in one fell swoop. It doesn't. It right. Does. It, it happens over time. Success is a gradual process. So we really have to make sure that we're intentional about where the timing is going. Right? And that's why I say it's so important to Plan the important things within your day. Mm-hmm. Plan out. If I know that I'm trying to be, you know, talking to thousands of people at one time or millions of people, I'm going to be working on my my craft, my public speaking. I'm going to invest in the coaching, whatever the case may be. I'm not going to be out here like every day, you know, blowing money fast, you know, living it up because I, I need to be doing things behind the scenes. Success is created when no one's looking. So, and that's the key. Like, we think that the big, you know, all this stuff that we're seeing is where the success started. No, no, like it's it's not. Like, it starts when you wake up and you're by yourself and you have to get that drive to say, hey, I need to do this one thing today, right? That's the key. So we can't expect to be just handed things, handed the keys to a Lambo and all that stuff. We got to expect to be grinding. We got to aspire to
0: be great, whatever our definition of that is. And do you have any tips for... I'll give you the example that I have in mind before I ask you for the tips. Uh, So recently, uh, like last week, I had the idea. I, I want to set a goal to reach like 3K on my Instagram. It was just something to reach for, you know, just I was much more enjoying the journey. But then the news about like... The war in uh, with the Russia and Ukraine hit and I am in Europe at the moment. So, I I started like fearing that it's gonna come further down into the Netherlands, as mm. we have seen with the World War Two, for example. So that is in the back of my mind. So it completely like stopped me in in my tracks, and and I haven't been able to get myself like motivated to get back on that that trained to continue what it is that I actually want to be doing because it's just this feeling of like dread so do you have any tips when some certain uh, circumstances aren't exactly like inside there's literally nothing I can do about yeah. the war do you have any tips uh, for those situations when people are having anxiety from like outside occurrences as fearing for their lives for example
1: yeah, for sure. Well, first thing is forgive yourself for the work you hadn't done, right? The ones that you wanted to do that you couldn't do, because we are humans, right? We feed off of those things, and you know a lot, there are so many factors when it comes to motivating and driving, all those other things. So, gotta forgive yourself first and foremost, and start from a clean slate. The other thing I would say is really plan it out. Start blocking out time to work towards that goal. Like if it's not on your schedule, it's probably not gonna happen. That's how I look at it, right? right. So i you can tell a lot about a person from their calendar. So start making your calendar just like we do for work where, you know, if it's an important meeting, you can't miss it. Right, yeah. You're not going to make sure you're there. So everything that moves you towards your goal, put it in your calendar and make a movable object just like that meeting. That is your meeting with success. That's how I look at it. Right. Everything you calendar is a meeting with success and now if things you know fluctuate throughout the day now you're like okay cool you know this is my time where i can deal with stuff that's coming as it's coming but these are my times to be focused and you have to be focused you can't be if you want to accomplish a goal you can't be checking your phone every second you can't be doing that you got to be focused on the goal because i got news for people you're not really multitasking everyone you're not you're really just switching back and forth between different things. But I know it looks cool. It, yeah, looks, that's cool. True. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're it. But when you're doing that, multitasking is uh, usually t- taking your productivity down by about 41%, right? Studies show that. That's not just me saying studies show that. The, the guys in the research labs and the girls in the research labs are, are proving that. That right. 41% of your productivity is taken away just by switching. And when you switch back to a task, it actually takes you some time to get back in that mindset, so make sure you're focused on whatever it is. Is it's that important to you? If you really know your why on why you're going for something, then it be not it should be nothing for you to go ahead and put the time towards it. So that's how you want to want to do it. And you got to have a strong why. I mentioned a why. What is your why? Why do you want to reach those three K followers, right? What does that mean for you, right? Yeah. And then so you have to really think about that. And if you find yourself struggling, put something that really uh, reminds you of that. So, you got an accountability mirror. There's a called from Dave, David Goggins, who was a former everything in the military, right? He was killing it. And he talks about the accountability mirror in his book, um, Can't Hurt Me. And mm-hmm. what that is, is he literally takes a post it note and puts it on his mirror. So, you have to look at that every day. Like, what is my goal and why am I not hitting it? And keep it real with yourself. So stuff like that, just setting those reminders, however that looks for you, whether it's a post it note, something in your phone where the alarm goes off when you gotta hit a certain thing at that time, you know, whatever the case may be, having accountability partners is huge. You know, being a coach, that's one of the things that I work with, being working with people's accountability, making sure I might be checking in with them. They want to wake up at a certain time, I might hit them up, like, yo, you up? You know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. it really is to have people to support you on the journey. Because and then another thing I like to do is have people sign a self-contract. So when you sign that thing and you say, hey, here's what I want to do by this date, you want it to be a smart goal. We hear about that, the specific, Mm -hmm. measurable, you know, realistic and timely, right? So you want to make sure you put in what goal you want to hit, you know, when you're going to hit it by, why does it matter to you? And then, you know, also talk about how you're going to celebrate yourself because that's where a lot of people fail because they don't realize they're making progress. Yeah. Right. So you got to have these milestones, break that goal down at these milestones. And then each milestone you celebrate in your way. Of course, there's a healthy way, whatever that means. <laughs> you don't want to be out. <laughs> doing that, you know? So make sure you celebrate in a healthy way that aligns with who you want to be. And then that'll help you like stay motivated because when you like, OK, yeah, I just hit this. Right. I'm at a thousand followers now. Okay, I was at 500. I started at 500. So 1,000 is my next milestone. And you just keep doing that and reminding yourself. And then, you know, you might have to find different reasons why you're doing it. So if my reason why wasn't as strong as it was once because maybe my life has changed. I got to find a different reason. Maybe before, I just wanted the 3,000 for some vanity reason. Right. Maybe really think about why it meant anything to me. And I didn't think about what type of followers I wanted, whether they were engaged followers. I was just looking at a number. But then maybe later on, as you're going towards your goal, you say, hey, I want 3,000 people who are fanatics, right? They just love my content. They're always commenting. They're always sharing, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that becomes your goal. Then you're like, what? I want 3,000 people who struggle with self-confidence. I want people who have these limiting beliefs that my content is helping them move the needle forward. And that's why they're contacting and reaching out to me. So those types of things need to occur. You don't have to, you have to realize like your goal can change. Mm -hmm. Your goal can change and your reason for hitting that goal can change. Um, That's the beauty of being human. We have the option to decipher and have the intuition to say, oh, that's not doing it for me anymore. I need to switch it up. So that's some of the things we we think about when you're not really feeling motivated. And I also want people to know like motivation is fleeting. Mm -hmm. It's not a constant thing, right? So you have to have drive, like you have to have drive towards what you're going. So if you can get to the point where it's drive and not motivation, now you're cooking with grease, right? Because now, even when you don't feel like it, because we do a lot of things based on feeling. And when yes. you suck like it, if you're not working towards it, at least that one thing, like being 1% better each day, then now you're going to run into trouble because there's going to be plenty of days you're not going to feel like it. Let's keep it real. You know? That's true. That's right, right. <laughs> so you have to find that thing that's going to drive you, that's going to push you, even when you don't feel like it because motivation is just that it's just you feeling like doing something. Yes. And that's all it is. That's all really motivation is. It has nothing to do with you accomplishing something because that motivation occurs based on the feeling. So we need drive to say, I don't even want to do this, but I know I need to do this to be right. the person. To be.
0: I guess maybe I'm looking at it. Uh, uh, I I went through some of the stages that that you mentioned. I started just like, well i want i want uh, to be a full time artist thus i need people to know that i am an artist that wants <laughs> to maybe to, to be an artist basically by my my books or whatever that i bring out and and whatever else i may bring out so i thought okay based on that logic I need people to know that I'm here. So I'm going to raise awareness. And how can I measure the awareness if more people are following me? But at a certain point, indeed, it got more difficult to say, but why, why does it have to be this 3K necessarily? Uh, because I'm not just an artist I'm an artist that has a message we bring things out like this podcast that that is talking about vulnerability so maybe I should be looking more into getting followers that resonate with what I'm with my message that I'm putting out there because if they don't resonate with me then at the end of the day they're not gonna want to buy what I'm selling anyway so what what am I gonna do with 3k people just like watching me and like cricket on the other side basically <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so yeah i did went through this transformation and then as i said ab- about the war and then the, like hit action on top of it I'll, now that i'm talking to you i'm thinking that in- indeed maybe i'm putting the why wrong for this particular goal I mean my goal remains I want to be an artist but maybe I have to go more into the why what kind of artist and and what is my message to the people and what kind of people would be interested in in uh, hearing my message Um, talking about messages you have a book
1: I do I do I wish I wish I had one next to me I'm actually (laughs) but yeah I have a a couple of I have one called "Own Your Kingdom: How to Control Your Mindset So You Control Your Destiny." Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm being a mindset and perception coach. I'm all about mindset. I feel like it is at the root of everything. And "Own Your Kingdom" really is all about the the, the journey I went through. It's not a, a biography or an autobiography or any of that. It's really about the exercises that I went through to overcome my severe depression and my PTSD and all that other stuff to mm-hmm. go from that trauma, just pain right, that I was experiencing throughout my life, you know, facing seven years in prison at 17, all these things that I've gone through, right? Yeah. About How I got through that to be where I am now, where you see me, you know, rocking the Own Your Kingdom shirt because I feel like, yeah. only, right, is this is my brand, this is who I am. Yes. And Own Your Kingdom, I named that because that's about, you know, we all think about kingdom in the biblical sense. Like, you know, you hear churches and all stuff always talking about kingdom. But mine is different. Mind is talking about you, right? When I mentioned the kingdom, the kingdom is you. It's a triad, right? You got your spirit, you have your mind, and you have your physical. And I feel like you need to be aligned in all of that in order to hit this center point of being in a space of progression and wellness holistically. Because if one of those things are off, it can throw off the other. But your physical health is off. You may not be long-term enough to get the legacy you want, which then throws off your spirit because it doesn't sit right with you that, you know, you haven't done what you set out to do. And then your mindset, it throws off that like, oh, man, you know, I don't have this, which really was important to me, so on and so forth and vice versa. So we have to be really aligned in all of those things. So with my with that book, I talked about how you become vulnerable in a healthy way, how you communicate effectively, setting boundaries, um, forgiving yourself, all these different things. So you can create that action plan for success to really take you forward. Um, Because even if you don't have me as your coach, I want to see you do well, right? People I've never met, I want them to pick up that book and be like, oh, whoever this Javon Wooden guy is, he was (laughs) on it. (laughs) Because um, it's not just a book you read either. Like there's exercises. It's literally a free workbook that you download. And I mentioned, I call out the exercises as you're going through the book. And each exercise is something different, something new. Like I mentioned the self-contract, that's one of them. Um, I have exercise So finding your ikage, which is um, a Japanese principle, like finding your purpose, your passion, so to speak. So different exercises, like 25 plus exercises in there that you literally go through. And even in the chapters, like there's note sections in between the chapters. So if something stood out to you, you can just take that note. So I really wanted people to not just read, but to implement into their life because this wellness journey is an ongoing thing. And like things like that are things I wish I had when right. I was going through my healing, you know, and I'm still going through the course, but when I was in my lowest point, I wish that someone gave me those tools. And then I mentioned the other book, um, that's a collaboration book. And that one's called all gas, no breaks. Okay. And the title says it for itself. It's like, yo, when you want something in life, when I talked about that drive, that's what that book is for. So it's really was an interview style book where there's nine other authors and we're all entrepreneurs. And we're talking about how we overcame the adversity to become successful entrepreneurs. Like what's our daily routines? What was some advice that you wanted to hear when you were younger? What was the best advice you received in your life? You know, stuff like that.
0: Really interesting stuff for anyone that is listening and interested, please check that out. And I I have like a few final questions for you. So at the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that you were kind of pushing people away because of what you were dealing with. And they didn't essentially even know that that's what you were dealing with. Right. How has that relationship with the people in your environment improved or changed over the time?
1: Yeah. I mean, some of those people that I was pushing away was my loved ones, like my family. And, once I became vulnerable and really started the, the healing process and bringing them into the world where I wasn't okay, my relationships flourished even more. Right, they they're even stronger. But the thing is, before that, right, I've lost some relationships with some outstanding people and people I really cared about, but I couldn't show them that I cared. I didn't know how to express it. I didn't. I couldn't love them in the right way because I didn't love myself. I didn't value myself. So that really. As I look back now, I'm like, man. Like I said, if I had those tools and I would have been vulnerable enough early to say, "Hey, I need help," to go get the therapy and all that other stuff, I may have could have saved some of that things, you know. And I've reached out to some of them, like, "Hey, you know, I want to apologize for the way I treated you before," so on and so forth. Just not even for for me, but just because I felt like they deserved that, right? And it, of course, it helped me too for them to say, yo, it's all good," you know, blah blah blah. They're doing well, you know. That helped me too. But that's a part of the journey, I think, because our energies, right? When we interact with anyone, even if it's briefly, we're exchanging energy. And I knew that the energy I gave them was negative. And now that I'm in a place to give positive energy, I want to share that with them, even though we we no longer are in contact or whatever the case may be. I wanted to share that with them, the new version of me. So in hopes that they could say, "Okay, man, I I felt good that he reached back out and just let them know that." So I think that now everything is cool. Everything's good. I'm receiving some good stuff now that I'm pushing this type of energy out.
0: That's nice. Since you're talking about the energy is like a positive energy, do you think it's possible for us to always be positive? Well,
1: you're not always going to be positive, right? Things happen. We're human. And we're we're going to be up and down, right? That's just the nature of the beast. But what I've come to realize is the pain is only to counterbalance the joy, right? If there was no pain or if there was no discomfort, then we wouldn't appreciate the joy that we get in our lives, right? We would just take it as every day, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, I feel good, so what? You know, it wouldn't feel good because you'd be feeling good all the time. So it wouldn't feel good. What yeah. are you comparing it? So we need that, we need that balance in life. We need that yin and yang um, in order to fully, fully uh, present ourselves, one, in a place of compassion, in a place of gratitude, and in a in a state of grace, we need that.
0: I totally uh, agree with that sentiment. By the way, yeah, uh, <laughs> I just ask because so there's I do know some people that that are like really really into like extremely positive to the sense that they try to block out everything. That's negative. So I'm always interested in this is in this question. Like, how do other people see this, and am I the only one that says, "Well, you know, shit happens." Basically, you know, we can't always be positive, but I, I, I do understand the mindset of coming in with a positive. Uh, no,
1: mindset. that's different. see. There's there's two different things, right? If you have a positive mindset, you know, when something negative occurs, you're really trying to learn what the lesson was. Right. If you have a negative mindset, you like, see, you have confirmation bias. So if something negative happens, like, see, this is just how my life goes. Something always happens, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, yeah. you come at it, deal with it differently. Now I'm a positive person. Right. And I'm looking at things from a place of positivity. So when something happens, I'm like, what's the lesson here? You know, why is this happening? Stuff like that. And sometimes you may not find that lesson, but at least you're looking for the reason. You're not just saying like, this is what happens to me. Um, I'm confirming that my life sucks. You know, all those types of things. And that's the difference. But no one's going to be positive. Right. There's such thing as toxic positivity, actually. So if I'm always exuding some positivity, even when I know shit is hitting the fan. Right. Then I'm also putting myself in a bad position. Right. I'm not acknowledging my true emotions. So when I do let those true emotions out, it's going to be on the wrong person in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. So you really need to be able to process your things in a, in a good way. That positive mindset or growth mindset, whatever you want to call it, is really about how you process things, right? It doesn't mean that you're going to be like, oh, yeah,
0: you know, I got stabbed today. (laughs) I'm Fantastic. I'm going to walk over to the hospital. Right. It's
1: it's like that. Like, that's not true. That's not true to you you or anyone else, right? Being true to you is like um, you process your emotions, but you look at it from a different lens. You look at it from a lens of positivity. You're not saying like, "Oh, I'm happy all the time." That's impossible. You're not human if that is the case, right? So that's what separates us from you know robots or anything else because we do process all. We're very complex, and that that's why we're able to be great and be at the top of the food chain and all these other things, right? Because of that. But if you do not process your things uh, properly through a positive lens, then that's when you run into a lot of trouble, right? Unfortunately, that a lot of people who have suicidal ideations or have committed suicide, that's what happens, right? They look at it from a place of negativity, and they say, oh, man, the world would be better without me. Like, my people would be better without me. My family, I don't really have anything that I'm um, contributing, all those other things. And that's why being positive is so important, right? And you, when you have a positive lens, you're not permanent making everything permanent, right? Your pain is not permanent. You understand that this is a temporary situation, How do I get out of this, right? How do I fix what's going on? And that's really the difference between the negative and the positive. You're looking at the options. What are my options? What are my opportunities? How can I change my circumstances? When you come from a negative place, it feels permanent. It feels like you're going to be stuck in that. It's a forever perpetual situation. You're only focused on when something bad happens. You know, 90% of your day was good, but you only focus on that 10% that sucked. You know, stuff like that. So that's why it's really important to have a positive mindset, but you got to keep it real. <laughs>
0: that's very important. As we're yeah. uh, talking, uh, the sentence, this too shall pass, came to mind. Yes.
1: yes, yes, exactly. And that's that's for real. That's it. Because, you know, that I always tell my, my clients and stuff, like, don't catastrophize things. Like, don't make it a, a mountain out of a molehill, and then don't make it feel like you're stuck. Because yeah. you're not stuck you know, what we have to do is figure out an action plan to get you out of there to fix it. Because it can be fixed. Like, if you have breath in your body, we've seen time and time again, people change them, their circumstances. But they have to push forward to that. Yep. They can't give up. right? Because the moment you just throw your hands up and, and let go and let God, as everyone says, you got to do action. You got to take action for anything to happen. Right? And I always say, like, God is waiting for you to take your blessings. Yes. Right? You can't throw Hands up and be like, "Yo, I'm just gonna let God deal with this." No, there's action, right? Because the other counter to that is faith without works is dead. So we have to really think about that. Like as a negative person, you—that's what happens. They're throwing hands up like, "Ah, you yeah. know, it's, I, I'm I'm done," right? I had a bankruptcy. This and that happened. Whatever the case may be. Yeah. But on the positive, people like, "Oh, I just learned something." If you think about a lot of the millionaires, you hear that they had a bankruptcy at some point in their journey. Right. Or maybe it didn't happen when they wanted to, you know, like a Ray crop or somebody who 40s, 50s, 60s, they started finding their success. So it's really about that mindset. Like, I'm not giving up. I know this was meant for me. You know, I know this was meant for me and I'm going to get it, however the case may be. Because when you put that type of energy out there and you're doing it from, you know, your purpose, you're doing it from a place of not selfishness, but you're doing it because you know that's going to change the world in a different way. Things start opening up for you. Things start opening up. Because right? I know from first-hand experience, when I was younger and I was doing things because I was being selfish or maybe I just was ignorant, whatever the case may be, right. things were terrible. <laughs> right? Like Life was sucking, right? <laughs> so, right? So, you know, and, and I found my part, I find not my purpose, but I found my, my second chance in a prison cell or a jail cell, you know, on my knees begging God to get me out of there, right? right. So things happen if you open yourself up to serendipity. Right, and that's why I say vulnerability is strength because I wasn't vulnerable up until that point, but I became vulnerable with God in that jail cell, right? So we have to find that. we, have, However, whatever circumstances you're in, you got to get on your knees. Whatever higher power you believe in, go ahead, say that prayer, and then take action. That's yeah. it.
0: Yeah, very. Yeah, it's very important. I, too, find that vulnerability is a superpower in a sense. I always say, you know, I'm, I can... I can be vulnerable. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable because I know I'll I'll recover from that. So uh, maybe I show someone like very kind, I'm big hearted and they take advantage of that. I'll learn from it, but I know I know. But, but I find with a lot of those people uh, in the past, at least that have ended up taking, that took advantage of my kindness in the past. Uh, a lot of times were these people who, Um, We're really afraid to be vulnerable and and always put up a front and kind of gave me crap for showing my vulnerability and, uh, you know, try to change me even in a sense. And what I realized coming out from that is that, yeah, I was vulnerable, but I was also very honest about who I am, what I was feeling, that if they took advantage of that, that's on them. And I, I know I will recover because I, I'm much stronger than what they understood me to be. Because yeah. I, at, I at that point don't care to explain myself uh, anymore to yeah. them. But I think, yeah, that's a, a good lesson in self knowledge. Uh, also, standing yeah. your 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 path and just sticking pursuing who you are and what you want to be. My last question. How has the way you change yourself, uh, oh my God, how is the way that you see yourself changed um, throughout this, this whole uh, journey of yours? Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, first, I want to acknowledge what you said earlier like vulnerability. And I, 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 it's important to know like when we talk vulnerability, there's a difference between like being like that naivety and vulnerability. Because like I used to be, you know, naive, like I would want people to like me. So I was just doing yeah. stuff to please them. So we have to make sure we separate it. Vulnerability is really about, you know, giving a part of yourself to people who actually deserve that, quite frankly, or people who can help you go to that world, or maybe you're helping them by sharing a part of your story. You know, that's the, that's the vulnerability. It's really that, but it's not um, about you know, being a crutch for someone or any of these other things, we really have to make sure that we're being vulnerable and giving our energy, giving our time to people, Um, as you said. Like, not the people who are looking to take advantage or looking to change you in any way, unless it's in a positive way, you know, helping you to achieve whoever you want to become. You know, that's different. But we, we just have to make sure we're we're aware of that like people who we grew up with, people who, you know, we come into contact with, they're not always meant to be around us for forever. Right. Like maybe it was that lesson. And then you can say, all right, cool. I learned that lesson that I need to maybe love you from a distance or not have you in my life at all. And that's cool. That's a part of vulnerability. though. To be open enough to, to put yourself in a position to love, to be hurt, or to go through certain things, and then being able to say, listen, that's not going to change me. I've learned from that. I'm accepting that. And now I'm moving on it, it better than what I came in at. And that's, that's the key to vulnerability. So I'm glad you shared that. To answer your question now, as far as like, how does my life change based on like how my perception has changed, right? That was your question? Uh, yes. Okay. So it's changed tremendously, right? <laughs> it's changed. Like we talked about vulnerability just now. I'm able to do, right? I'm able to share my story on Instagram and not feel like I'm being judged. I'm able to see people, not from a preconceived notion, but see them from a place of empathy. You know, when someone does something that's unfavorable, I, instead of saying, yo, they are stupid as hell, you know, or something, whatever I used to say, I would say, yo, why would they do that, right? I try to see them from a place of uh, compassion and empathy, right, and then stuff like that has really opened up a lot of things to me that I wouldn't have otherwise had. You know, interacting with people, that I would have never met Um, and that started in the military right that started when I hit basic training really I started exploring the world from a place of like instead of looking at it from a place of privilege coming from the states going to another country or whatever case may be Mm -hmm. I look at it from a place of yo this is cool as hell what's the experience like I really interact with the people from their lands and see it from their perspective so I could say okay let let me learn something here and let me be present in the moment instead of saying oh in America we do it like this no no I'm not in America right so I really have to come back from that perspective you know so just being able to do that now has really leveled up my life and in so many ways I'm so blessed thanks
0: so much for sharing that i love hearing your story and and how you've uh, overcome it and how you're helping other people. And yes. Do you have anything else you want to share with the audience before we round off?
1: Sure. Well, first and foremost, thank you for sharing your, your platform with me. Like you are an amazing, amazing hostess. like, it's dope. You have great energy. So keep doing your thing. I love to see you and then, what I would like to share with people is just believe in themselves. just believe that you can wherever that looks like for you. Don't give up on yourself like the best bet you can make is in you so here's a guy that's come from whatever uh, been through a lot of different things, personal life, done a lot of things that you know maybe God just seen something in me that was was worth saving <laughs> right because I've done a lot of you know a lot of been through a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. somehow. I've come out and I'm able to share this story. So share your story. Be willing to share your story because you never know who you'd be helping. You never know who you can spark to be the next, you know, next person that that's making a huge change. So just be you, be authentic, and be willing to share your story
0: beautiful I can't sum up a a better closing Uh, note than that so on that note thank you so much for listening to Poison Honey thank you Jovan for being on here and sharing your story with us and until next time